Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of Earth Repair Radio. So we have eight uh, Moringa Gardens uh, in, in Ghana so far, school garden in Ghana so far. Moringa does not care about the nature of the soil as long as it gets uh, water, it, that's all. We get water from that place to the garden and it's all, uh, almost two minutes walk away from the school. It's eco-strategy, that's composting, uh, water catchment, solar energy, seed uh, banking, tree planting, uh, recycling, and then the natural building uh, as a sustainable uh, living practices. Hello, I'm your host, Andrew Millison, and this will be the last episode of Earth Repair Radio that I do for a few months. I will be on the Indian subcontinent for the winter, uh, going to the International Permaculture Conference there, and collecting material for my upcoming online Advanced Permaculture Design Tools for Climate Resilience course that will debut in the spring of 2018. I'll also be um, collecting more material for my permaculture design course as well. So I will not be broadcasting from India, uh, although I'll be collecting all kinds of interesting permaculture content. Um, Today, I'm going to uh, be interviewing Aaron Justice Tsutaku. Aaron's a young man who lives in the Volta region of Ghana. He's the regional representative of the Global Eco Village Network. And Aaron's been doing really incredible work uh, establishing school gardens full of uh, Moringa oleifera, this miracle tree that's improving the nutrition of his community. So we're going to talk to Aaron about the projects he's doing, about his vision for creating a permaculture center, which I am helping him do fundraising for. So look for the links uh, in the show notes for that. And we're just going to be hearing a lot about life in Ghana, what it's like to live in a rural agricultural, agricultural region in Western Africa And uh, so I hope you enjoy the show and hope you have a wonderful time. Thanks. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? Great, brother. Yeah. How's uh, how's how's the weather right now in uh, Ghana? Okay, the weather is pretty good. Uh, We had a heavy rainfall this evening. Uh, It's about uh, getting to a week or two now and we had only one rain. So today is the second one uh today yeah so we had a blessing as today is the first of october we had our blessing of rain today nice and it's uh good for your gardens huh yeah yeah so tell me about life in in your village what are the challenges that you face there first of all i'll introduce myself my name is iron justice i'm 24 years of age uh peki adjokwe is the name of my hometown it is located along the Eastern Corridor Road, formerly known as the Kmandu Hawkeye Road in the Volta region of Ghana, West Africa. Uh, it has a population about 5,000 uh, people, mostly made up of children between the ages of 0 to 17 and elders. Uh, Peki Ajokwe is a beautiful town surrounded by a long chain mountain known as the Equiapim Togo Range. It's given the name Equiapim Togo Range because it's all the way from Equiapim in the Ashanti region through the Volta region to Togo. The main occupation of the people of Peki Ajokwe is farming, and they got most of their foodstuffs from 
their own farms or from the main market at Peve, which is about five kilometers away. And then uh, life in the village is a bit uh, challenging. We had a lot of challenges. And some of the challenges are uh, unemployment, poor health uh, facilities, and then poverty. As a result of unemployment, most of the youth get into charcoal burning by uh, cutting down trees to burn charcoal uh, to sell and get uh, money for uh, their uh, livelihood expenses. You're saying burning charcoal? Yeah. In, yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the town, and then uh, because of the rain, the change in rainfall pattern nowadays, most of the youth or most of the people in the town don't go into farming anymore. Some travel after complete completing JHS, that junior high school, and uh, SHS. They travel to Accra to search for greener pastures uh, over there. So most uh, people don't go into farming. Nowadays. Yeah, and Accra, Accra is the capital city of Ghana. Of Ghana, yes, please. Yeah. So they, so, so you're saying that the, the youth they don't see uh, a lot of future in farming because it's getting harder, and so they want to go to go to the city to try to find work there. Yes, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Is there what's the what's the nutrition like? Like, are people well fed? Is there hunger? Okay, formerly most people uh, had their uh, their foodstuffs from their farm, their farms, and also buy some from uh, some farmers selling this. But nowadays, because of uh, the weather, so most people get their food uh, foods from the market, which is in unhygienic uh, condition. Hmm. Uh, some are not organic and all that. So most people get six uh, out of uh, the food they buy from the market, and then uh, because it's not organic, there's uh, not much nutrient in it. So some are, uh, some children are mal- malnutrition and all that. So they are not they don't get the the enough quantity of uh, food nutrients from the, the ones they bought from the mar- market. Yeah, and what are the main staple crops that people eat there that are grown on their farms? Okay, the main stable crop, uh, crops that we, uh, people eat or we eat from here is uh, maize and cassava. Yeah, and the food, the main food that we eat is actually made from cassava, uh, kondo with uh, cassava. So is that what most people are farming, cassava and maize? Yeah, yeah, that's what most people do farm. Yeah. So And then plantain as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do people farm that for um, export as well, or do they farm it? I mean, is it sent to Accra, or is it sent to other places, or is it most the food that's grown in uh, that region? Is it is it consumed there? Okay, I'll say uh, Accra uh, is is a very b- uh, busy town, and then the land over there is not good or is not suitable for farming. Because the, the, the land is, uh, is made up of mainly clay. So people don't farm uh, over there. But food, uh, foodstuffs are brought from other regions like northern region, uh, western region, which has most of the rainfalls 
over the years because that place there's a lot of uh, forest over there so rain uh, falls there most of the times and then uh, in the water region too people do uh, transport cassava maize and uh, yam from northern volta to accra and so you were talking about changing rainfall patterns there you know what what's happening with the weather and climate these days and um you know what what are the impacts of of climate change that people are talking about and observing there okay uh i'll say uh climate change uh, is affecting all the regions in ghana uh, uh, droughts and flowers are destroying especially the crops and harvest of farmers in the regions of Ghana. So most of them are complaining. And some are living in a miserable situation. In most of the regions in Ghana, uh, the majority of the workforce is working in agriculture sector. Uh, but just a little percentage of the national uh uh, GDP, that's the gross per domestic, uh, this thing is being contributed. And most of the farmers are living in sincere poverty, struggling with life and uh, often forced to accept a second or third job in order to survive, like washing for people and all sorts of uh, other works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so most of the people are complaining of the uh, about the weather, the change of weather and then other this thing. Yeah. What is the housing like there that people are living in? Most people live in uh, block houses. First, they live in clay houses. They build clay uh, houses with clay and all that. Clay? But you said clay? Is, uh, yeah. Uh, mud, mud houses. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But now they are all uh, converting to block houses because... Uh, people are, people think and all those uh, cartels are outmoded, so they don't build with uh, clay or mud again. They, they are now living in uh, block houses. Mm-hmm. So most of the house here, houses here are now built with uh, blocks, with uh, roofing sheets or iron sheets. Okay, so metal roof. Most people are um, protected from the elements, basically. So you have been doing uh, permaculture work there for some time yeah um you have been uh planting gardens uh school gardens of moringa right and yes, um please. working yeah. for uh the nutrition of the children there in your region do you want to talk a little bit about your work and what you're doing there yes please uh i would like to talk about uh what i'm doing over there i took part uh in the first ede in ghana in 2016 at uh, Kumasi Institute of Tropical Agriculture. And what's the EDE? That is, EDE is Eco-Village uh, Design Education. Okay. Yeah, I had, uh, I've been brought to daylight uh, during the EDE, or I came to know about permaculture during the EDE. First, I don't have any idea about what permaculture is, but through the ED, I've been able to uh, know what the culture is. Uh, and then through that, I've also become the 
the regional rep for Global Eco Village Network uh, Ghana. That's Gen Ghana. And I'm the project uh, coordinator for the youth plan. That's Youth in Agriculture Nutritional Transformation Pilot Project mm -hmm. uh, in Ghana. So I'm, I'm teaching uh, school children, two of the schools in Peki uh, year, how to uh, plant moringa and then uh, about uh, permaculture. So, so you guys have been planting these moringa gardens with the school children, and then um, how are you using that moringa? Looking at uh, moringa, moringa has a lot of uh, nutritional values. So uh, we plant the moringa to use uh, in their diets. The, the government is, uh, or the schools in Ghana has a, a school feeding program. So we integrated the moringa into their diets each day at school from the garden mm -hmm. with other crops like uh, tomatoes, uh, vegetables like tomatoes, pepper uh, from the garden as well. Now, why did you guys pick moringa yeah. primarily as the crop that you're planting there in the school gardens to uh, help in the nutrition of the school children there? We picked uh, moringa because Jen Ghana... Uh, has eight eco strategies. We have the water catchment system, solar lighting, uh, green building, and eco strategy. So looking at uh, moringa, and then uh, moringa has a lot of benefits, and it grows within three months. You can start uh, benefiting from moringa within three months. And then planting moringa to we we integrated all these eight eco strategies into the garden. And then uh, working through the uh, the student moringa uh, can uh, moringa has a lot of uh, nutritional va uh, values, which is very important for the kids or for the uh, for the school children. Mm. So that's why we picked uh, moringa. Yeah. Now, is moringa a native plant to Ghana, or is that coming from somewhere else? Okay, I would say uh, moringa uh, has been in, long, uh, in Ghana for a long time now, but most people don't know about it until uh, the recent uh, project that we are introducing, that people got to know about moringa, and most of the community members also comes to the garden to pick uh, some of the fresh leaves. Yeah. Do you want to describe, for people that yeah. don't know about the moringa plant, do you want to describe it a little bit? Like, is it a tree? Like, what does it look like? And, and how big does it get? And what part of it do you eat? Talking about moringa, moringa uh, is known as a moringa olifera. Uh, it's an amazing tree that grows very well in Africa. Uh, it is a fast-growing, uh, hard uh, tree that grows well in the degraded soil. Moringa does not care about the nature of the soil as long as it gets uh, uh, water. It, that's all. And it's also a, a legume, uh, a legume, or meaning it's fixed uh, nitrogen into the soil from the uh, from the gas it captures from the air. Uh, uh, it's a fertilizer tree and excellent uh, companion for other plants growing nearby. 
uh, as they benefit from the nitrogen, almost every part of the Moringa uh, olifera can be used as powerful food and medicine. The leaves, flowers, fruits, and seeds. And then we, uh, we meet uh, oil or we extract oil from the seed. And then uh, some uses of Moringa uh, leaves. The leaves can be used as medicine, uh, alley cropping, uh, animals forage, domestic cleaning agent, biogas, dye, uh, green manure fertilizer, and then uh, used to purify water. Hmm. And then, yeah, the nutritional value of the Moringa uh, uh, are useful in combating hunger since they can be dried and transported easily and provide much uh, needed protein and vitamin C. Uh, along with other uh, nutrients, vitamins and minerals. The, the leaves are useful for infants, young children and nursing mothers. Uh, they contain or it contains significant amount of calcium, protein and other vital elements for growth and health development. Uh, development. Uh, the fresh moringa leaves uh, are typically cooked in a similar way to uh, spinach or other greens, like uh, the cocoa yam leaves. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's served aside with other dish food and nutritional uh, values. The leaves uh, are also used as salad, green, and combined with other leafy uh, vegetables or greens. Uh, the dry leaves are usually sprinkled on other foods to increase their nutritional value. And it's also used as uh, moringa uh, tea bag, as other uh, tea leaves, yeah. And it, it can, or it's also used for cosmetic products. Uh, Purposes such as soap, cream, ointment, shampoo, liquid soaps, and can heal many skin diseases such as uh, pimples, ringworm, boil, eczema, waist pains, and others. Wow. Uh, and then Moringa contains four times as uh, vitamin A as carrots to uh, shield against uh, diseases. Four times as calcium as milk for strong bones and teeth. And it's still counting. Uh, seven times as much as vitamin C as oranges. Wow. Three times as much as potassium bananas for healthy brain and nerves. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, a little about Moringa. Wow. So Moringa, Moringa is like a superfood. It's a nitrogen-fixing yes, tree. It grows on degraded soils. It has these incredibly high yeah. nutrient uh, nutrient contents. It uh, matures and you can harvest within three months of planting. Wow! How many uh, how many moringa yeah. gardens have you established there so far? Okay, Jen uh, Ghana uh, is working in three uh, seven uh, regions uh, in Ghana. So so far we have seven moringa gardens, but. I am operating in two, so we have eight uh, Moringa Gardens 
in in Ghana so far. School garden in Ghana so far. Yeah. And how many trees will you plant in one moringa garden? Okay. Uh, the first garden, which belongs to the JHS, we plant we planted 170 trees, but only uh, 143 trees uh, germinate. Okay. So in the first garden, we have about uh, we have 143 uh, moringa trees, and then the new garden or the one belonging to the primary school, we had uh, 97 moringa uh, trees growing. That's the uh, the, the the seed left for us uh, for us uh, that that we nest. So that's and all germinate germinated. Yeah. So you're so planting directly yeah, from then, seed and you're harvesting within three months. And then how long how long will yeah, the, how long will the tree live? Do you think? That that tree uh, lives for many years. Huh. Yeah, as long as it gets uh, water. Uh, at wherever it is, unless you yourself you are tired of it and you destroy it, yeah, you can, yeah, you harvest and then uh, with you you only get the seeds within one year. Say that again. One year uh, you only get the seeds from okay. the moringa within one year. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it produces seeds within one year, but then it continues to grow, and you can harvest the leaves. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like, um, it seems like the perfect permaculture plant, really. It seems kind of like, uh, like a miracle tree when we look at, um, yeah. Yeah. The amount of hunger. And it looks, uh, um, it's my understanding it's actually native to, uh, Rajasthan in India in a desert climate. So it must be yeah. pretty, pretty drought hardy. Do you have to continue to water it once you get it established? Uh, yes, in order to get uh, fresh uh, leaves, you have to be watering it okay. uh, uh, almost all the time when uh, it's in the dry season or there's no rain. But if there's rain, then you are free. Yeah. And um, and then you have, now as far as taking care of the trees, do you have the students in the schools taking care of the trees with you? Or are you primarily doing that yourself? What's that look like? Okay, during vacations, I do that myself, but during, uh, uh, when the school, uh, is in, uh, this thing, when they are in school, they, they do it themselves. But I, I just go there at times to take, uh, to look at it and then, uh, see what nest we can do in the garden. Yeah, nice. And then, um, what, and then are you, are you interplanting other, I mean, you mentioned like tomatoes and peppers and, plantains are you are you integrating other uh food plants into the moringa gardens as well for the students yeah we we, we are integrating uh we are also planting cassava uh maize and then plantain as well for the plantain we are uh, we are now starting yeah we are now starting to plant the plantain we, we want to try uh, a dry season farming in the garden. Yeah. What's the dry yeah. season? What's the dry season like where you live? Like how long is it? Do you get any rain there? I mean, you live in, you know, basically you live in the wet, dry tropics where you have a, a rainy season and a dry season. And that's pretty much how the fluctuation of the seasons go where you live. 
Um, so yeah, what's the dry season okay. look like? Okay, uh, first in Ghana we had uh, three uh, seasons. We have uh, so we have two seasons. We have the rainy season and the hamatan season. That's the dry season. And then uh, the dry the rain season is normal. There is a lot of rain and all that. But in the and then in the northern part of uh, Ghana, that they only had uh, one uh, uh, season. And then the Hamatan, there is no rain. There will be no rain at all during the Hamatan season. All the, the this thing, the the waters or the water will be absorbed from the soil. There will be no rain. All the uh, leaves will get dry, and then there's, the leaves will start uh, dropping off the trees. Mm-hmm. But there is no uh, moisture in the air. Yeah, so there will be no rain at all. So it lasts for three to four months of no rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's where you, so you guys really have to, you really have to have your water supply system so you can irrigate for three to four months out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And where are you primarily getting water from for irrigation? Okay. Uh, as uh, one of the criteria of Jengana is uh, the school must be near uh, to a source of uh, water. We had a, a stream in the middle of the town uh, known as Atiyavu. Uh, that is near, nearer to the school. So the, uh, we get water from that place to the garden. And it's all, uh, almost two minutes walk away from the school. And then uh, other farmers also had uh, water sources around uh, their farms. But most farmers uh, farming uh, on the mountains and far away from the uh, trees only f- uh, farm during the uh, the rainy season. Yeah. But they, they have their cassava planting uh, throughout the season because for them... They are always, uh, they also shed off their, their leaves, but as soon as it starts raining, they go back. So they don't, for the farmer, they don't plant, uh, or they don't do vegetable farming during dry season. But those around the, uh, water sources do, uh, dry season farming. Yeah. And so two minutes, you guys, your gardens at the school are two minutes away from a stream. So are you guys walking? How, how are you getting the water there? Are you walking with buckets, or how's that happening? Yeah, the the, the, uh, the children the children bring buckets from the uh, from their houses each day to fetch the water, and then we have a one watering can in the garden. So when they bring the water, we pour the water into the watering can, and then water the plants with it. Okay, and so how long does it take for the children to bring water to say water 140 trees in your uh, moringa garden? Okay, I'll say if uh, most of the time they, they come in numbers, about 15, 20, so at times once, uh, if they bring the water from the stream once, then uh, each plant gets its water, then we are done. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm asking these details because um, it's just, I'm trying to paint a picture for people that are listening who are living like me in a place like the United States or the industrial world. Um, it's 
it's a little bit hard to imagine having a break in school and sending groups of children out to the stream with buckets to bring the water to water the food that's being served in the lunchroom, right? So even though that's kind of, that's kind of normal for you, right? Um, That's, that's very, you know, it's, it's very interesting to think about the details of life um, of you and how the children are living there, you know? So, so that's, so thank you for, um, for sharing that. Um, and then are these children, like the children that are going to the schools, are their parents, I mean, what, what percentage of their parents are, you know, farmers themselves, uh, or doing other occupations, do you think? Um, okay. Uh, I'll say almost, uh, all the, the parents are into, uh, farming. If uh, either the mother or the father or both parents, if maybe the father or the father don't have uh, any uh, white color job, yeah. yeah, and then uh, a few uh, uh, teachers themselves in the town, so they get some of the students to help them on the, on their farms, and then now now it has been uh, there's a rule that or a law that no teacher should send uh, a student to his or her farm again. So the teachers are now uh, doing their own farms, getting uh, labor to work on the on their farms if they don't have the time. Oh, so the teachers? So wait, the, the the children actually help the teachers out with their own farms? Is that what you're saying? Yes, please. Oh, okay. At time, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, interesting. And that's part of that's kind of part of the payment for the teacher is that they get they get help like labor help on their farm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you've been doing this work there. You're you're working with uh Global Eco Village Network Ghana. You're putting in these moringa gardens for schools, but um, you know, from yeah. our conversations before, you have this you have this greater vision. Right for creating a some yeah. kind of permaculture center there. Um, why don't you yeah. talk a little bit about about what you really want to do there to to change the lives of your community? Okay, um, what I, I want to do is, uh, or my vision for the uh, permaculture uh, center here is. Uh, first of all, to acquire an acre of land for the construction of a, uh, a demonstration center to teach uh, farmers in order to empower them uh, and also the school children in uh, Pekie and other uh, towns in Pekie or in South Dai. Yeah district uh, to create uh, energy sufficient hygienic self result uh, reliant uh, on f- food production by implementing uh, eco street strategies or the eight eco strategies that's composting uh, water catchment solar energy seed uh, banking green planting uh, recycling and then the natural building uh, as a sustainable uh, living practices. Yeah, because uh, talking about the uh, energy aspect, uh, in Peking, we only rely on electricity 
uh, as the main uh, source of energy yeah for the uh, domestic uh, uh, uses we don't have uh, any other source of energy and where, where does the electric where does the electric power come from what's the source of it okay it's uh, it comes from uh, the uh, the Dam, which is the 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 largest uh, or the biggest water source uh, in Ghana I, and it's in the water region okay. just um, yeah a few uh, miles away from where I am yeah it's just yeah in the south die okay. so our electricity comes from that water source yeah so like a hydroelectric dam um, what's the name yeah. of that again could you say that slowly uh, Akosomo Dam Kosomo Dam, okay. Yeah, Akosomo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so you were talking... And then talking about the... Yeah, talking about the composting aspect also. Uh, most of the farmers uh, nowadays uh, goes for uh, inorganic fertilizers from the market. Yeah. Uh, because they think uh, that that will help their crops to grow uh, early but the other they don't know about the the bad effects that it causes to the to the land hmm. or to the soil and also to their health as well so uh, I want to teach them or my vision is to educate them on composting hmm. yeah that's uh, recycling or using their uh, food stuffs, the, the the waste, their waste from their uh, homes to do compost in order to uh, plant their vegetables and crops. And then the water catchment to uh, uh, there is uh, when there is enough rain, most people don't have uh, uh, barrels if. They don't have barrels. That's all. That means all the waters will pour down, and then it becomes a waste. Right. And uh, so I want to teach them on how to uh, store water by uh, creating uh, or using uh, recycled materials to create a water catchment system, hmm. both in their farms and then uh, in their homes as well. Yeah. Yeah, because you said primarily people have uh, metal roofs, right? And yeah, and you get—I mean, it sounds like about you know eight to nine months out of the year, you definitely get a pretty good volume of rain there uh, during the period yeah. uh, when you do have a rainy season. You have all these metal roofs. Um, at the same time, you have people walking to the stream with buckets. So yeah, it sounds like. Um, uh, water collection systems is definitely something that could yeah. really help people on a really uh, yeah. fundamental level. Now, are people are is is everybody say in the in the uh, region you know of the schools you're working on is everybody going to the stream for their water source, or do some people have have uh, you know wells in their own properties or anything or yeah? Okay, um, no. Uh, nowadays, most people don't go to the stream to get water. They have uh, pipe-borne waters in their town, uh, in their houses, and all that. And then uh, that was last year. 
the government of Ghana was on a water uh, project, so they dig about three boreholes in the town. That's uh, one, uh, one yeah. nearer to my house. That's where I usually get my water from. So now I don't use pipe bone water anymore. I only get go there to get my water source. Yeah. Okay. So um yeah, but still water. There's still a lot of people. I mean, water catchment would still really help a lot of people who uh, don't necessarily have yeah. a now a borehole. When you say a borehole, now is that water being pumped yeah. up out of that well? By electricity into the house, or do, do people still have to go and uh, pull it, pull the water out by hand? Okay, uh, it's, uh, it's not being pumped out by uh, this thing. Uh, two of them have uh, solar. solar, solar that pumps up into uh, a water a water tank. Okay, so you only go. I uh, have to go there and then turn the tap and then. You get your water, but the one nearer to my house, you, you, you have to pump it yourself. You have to what? You have to pump. You have to pump it. You have to pump it out yourself. Oh, yourself? Yeah, with the hand pump, right? Yeah, okay. uh, it's raining again. Oh, it's raining again. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, we'll see how long uh, the connection stays. Just so we we've tried to schedule this podcast okay. a number of times. And uh, every time it rains, uh, the power goes yeah. out there in the village, and we've had to reschedule. So here it is raining again. Well, we'll just see how how long we can go with this here. So um, okay. okay so yeah, so we were talking about your vision of a uh, of a teaching center. Yeah. You're talking about uh, teaching composting because people are just using fertilizer and not really educated about the implications of that. He talked about water harvesting systems. Uh, what are, what are some other things that you would hope to um, teach? Uh, in your uh, in your uh, permaculture demonstration center. Okay, uh, I also want to teach them about uh, herbarium. That's uh, having their own herbal gardens or their garden with uh, uh, herbs. Yeah, herbs yeah. Uh, planted in them with other foods, so that it's not necessary for them to go to the uh, to the market to get. Fruits like orange, mangoes, and uh, others from the market, and also uh, vegetables. And then uh, mushroom as well. Mushroom because uh, oh, mushrooms, yeah. People, yeah, people only knew about the natural mushroom. About the uh, which the, mushroom? The, the, the natural, yeah, that the natural mushroom, the one that grows from the the earth, that grows from the soil itself. So you don't have to. Maybe get a compost pile for that that type of mushroom, and yeah. uh, it only grows during the the rainy season. Okay. Yeah, on the soil. Yeah, and then uh, also to train uh, local farmers uh, to promote regenerative agriculture, because uh, most of these farmers, when uh, when they are about to farm. Uh, when clearing uh, a piece of land, they cut off uh, all the trees on the farm to get space. Okay. In order to do their planting, they don't plant most of the trees back. And those who are into uh, charcoal burning also don't plant uh, the trees back themselves. But, uh, yeah, they don't plant the trees uh, to to replace them. Yeah. Again, even though there is a law in Ghana. That uh, you must plant ten trees 
to replace one. That means if you cut down one tree, you must replace it with ten trees. Mm. Because you don't know whether all will survive. Yeah. Ah, so yeah, you have to plant one, ten trees before you, you cut one, you cut down one. But people don't, uh, don't respect those fundamental laws. They just go and do whatever, uh, they want themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have, um, so basically you've got farmers who are, you know, clear cutting, clearing out all the trees and then planting, uh, a limited amount of crops, maybe just cassava and maize. And you want to demonstrate yeah. how you can farm, uh, you can keep the trees, you can actually plant a diversity of productive plants, not just your staple yeah. crops, but perennials and herbs and do mushroom uh, cultivation as well. Is that, does that sound about yeah. right? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we started a fundraiser uh, a while back to actually uh, raise yeah. money towards uh, creating a uh, demonstration site there uh, run by Aaron uh, in the uh, Piki Azoku region of Ghana. And yeah. uh, p- part of this podcast is to really, um, to really, to highlight the work that you're doing there and to really ask the listeners um, if they would like to support this endeavor. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what message do you have to people that might be listening here that, that might want to um, support your project um, about how life in Ghana can be changed uh, by what you are proposing here? Okay, what I have for those listening to me uh, is that in order for me to champion this uh, concept of permaculture or to teach or to spread the concept of permaculture in uh, my community uh, and to other uh, communities around uh, as a solution to the problem of uh, food insecurity, uh, environmental uh, degradation, uh, is that uh, they should support me is to support me in all forms. Yeah, uh, to, to, in order to achieve this dream. Because most of the people in my, uh, in the, in Volta region of Ghana don't know about permaculture compared to other regions like Bonga Apu, which has a global, uh, GPI, that's Ghana Permaculture Institute over there. In the Volta region, we don't have any, uh, any permaculture, uh, site or center in the water region, so people just live on their own. So uh, those listening to me uh, should help me achieve this uh, dream. Yeah, 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 and you know, people people don't necessarily. Um, it's it's not easy to find somebody yeah. out there in the world you want to support. You're like, where where do I go? How do I look? How do I find someone that's actually uh, doing good work and really has a track record here. And so, you know, you're a young man, you have a lot of years ahead of you here. And, um, you know, you've, you have a, a, you've gotten really good, uh, references and recommendations from the people who have worked with you there, um, in the, in the Ghana eco, in the global eco village network, Ghana, um, you successfully installed 
and are maintaining uh, Moringa Gardens, and it's really uh, you're providing this service work for your community, trying to end nutrition. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, I recognize, and I hope other people could, can recognize that uh, giving someone like you um, the resources to uh, jump your work up to the next level uh, can really have a wide-reaching impact, especially because you work with kids, you know? And so now every single kid, I mean, it's tending those almost 250 Moringa trees growing there in, in your gardens, uh, and then, of course, there's all the other gardens you're associated with through the uh, Global Eco Village Network. Um, all those kids now know about moringa. They know all know about permaculture uh, and this uh, really f- food security and these regenerative farming practices. They know about this now on a on a fundamental level because they are there taking care and they're eating those foods and they understand. So I just um, I'm really thankful that you're doing this work and i'm i'm really hoping that um that you know i could help to uh continue to support you um and you know stimulate other people to do so um yeah how can people learn more about the organizations that you're part of there okay uh uh, the uh people who want to learn about the organization i'm working with uh, which over here, that's Global Ecoblade Network Ghana. Uh, we have our website, uh, that's Global Ecoblade Network 2013. Uh, webs- we have our, yeah, our website. So if you want to see, uh, all the works we are doing, you can just Google and then we have our uh, Google, uh, Google Drive. We have all the pictures, uh, of the 10, uh, the seven regions. Uh, that we are working with, we have the, the all the pictures uh, uh, of the took all the pictures that they took uh, at the uh, Eco Design Education at uh, the Kumasi Institute of Tropical Agriculture on the website uh, as well. And then uh, uh, I have my own uh, Facebook page created some time ago by yesterday. Uh, I got my account hacked, mm-hmm. so I created a new one, and I've not created the page yet. So I'll be creating a new page very soon. So mm-hmm. if you want to uh, learn about organizing, you can contact me uh, at Facebook. That's Iron Justice Taku, and then the president of Gen uh, Ghana. That's Mr. Paul Yeboah. He's also on Facebook. Or you can contact me uh, on email. That's Iron, just uh, Iron, chachaku23 at gmail.com. I'll put all of these links in the, in the show notes so people can just okay. click on there. And I okay. mean, I've been looking and seeing, you know, the pictures that you've been documenting of your work for some time. And um, okay. it's, it's pretty impressive. And thank you so much for all the work that you're doing to improve the nutrition of the children in your community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell people about, about life in Ghana there? You know, that, that <laughs> here's some kids in the background there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'll talk about uh, a little bit about the, uh, I'm very passionate about uh, building the younger generation for the future and very passionate about education. Uh, I'm also passionate about motivation, 
motivating and influencing my generation as well. My intention is simple. Is simple. If we lose sight of them or the young, the young ones, they will create mess at their age and bring it into the future. The time we are working on now. Imagine working with all uh, with all passion to make the world better than you came to meet, only for someone to come and create a mess out of it. Also, if uh, it's if our focus is all about them, forgotten about. Uh, our own generation, forgetting about the influence and the change we need to make on this generation now, we may end up leaving that down mess for them to come and meet. No doubt about this. Their future is their own responsibility, but imagine they also working hard to have the future uh, be only to come and see that the future has been dented by some people. This is a need to transform our generation and there is a need to prepare the next generation to come and meet the transformation that will ensure community of progress we will have made. A failure in one would like would be like taking a step forward and taking two or even three backwards. There is a Ghanaian proverb which says Sankofa enye Sankofa enye boni which means to go back for something is not a sin. So, can you help my community vision take a step toward becoming a reality? Nice. Thank you. Akpenami. All right. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking to me today. And uh, okay. yeah, I know it's nighttime there, so I hope you have a good night, and um, I will be in Thank touch you. with you again. Okay. Okay. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you, man. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Earth Repair Radio. I'm Andrew Millison, and you can find more episodes on EarthRepairRadio.com.